The Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. But John would have prevented it, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus answered, Let it be so now, because it's proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. And John consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, and when he was coming up out of the water, just then the heavens opened to Jesus. And Jesus saw the Spirit of God descending on him and alighting on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. So on Tuesday, I was minding my own business when Julie Scoville walked into my office and said, do you want a new office? And I said, you mean now? For months, Julie and I and Kristen and even Betty, we've talked about this idea of moving my office to the other side of the hall, swapping the secretary's office and mine. I would be able to see the parking lot from there. I could downsize a little bit, maybe invest in a standing desk, try something new. Anyway, for a long time we had just talked about this. It was an interesting idea, and if we did this, what about that, and this kind of thing. But on Tuesday, with a sly grin, Julie said, let's do it. And I hesitated at first. I had a kind of an idea of what my day was going to look like. But we went ahead and talked ourselves into it. We called Scott. He lent a hand. And three hours later, the office was transformed. It was a total mess, but it was transformed. And some might say all of this happened because we took action. But I think. It happened because we yielded. We yielded. John the Baptist yielded. Jesus came to be baptized and John would have prevented him. John must have always expected that it would have been different. But Jesus said, let it be so now. These are Jesus's first words in the Gospel of Matthew. Let it be so now. Let it be. Let it happen. Don't fight it. Pitch in and help it work. Trust me. And then John consented. You know, it does not say that John understood 
or that John agreed, or that John felt good about it, or that John was convinced. Instead, John consented. John let it happen. John let go. John yielded control. Let it be so now. These are Jesus' first words in Matthew. And John yielded, and that is the first response of faith in Matthew. It was Mary's response. It was Joseph's response to they yielded. We don't see what they thought or felt, but we see what they did. They let go of control. They chose not to fight the coming of this child. They chose not to fight with each other. Mary let Jesus be born. Joseph let himself be Mary's husband and Jesus' father. And later, John let Jesus be baptized. They just let it be. Now, yielding is always near the heart of faith. Because faith always involves a constant consenting. We yield, we consent to do this or to do that, which is often different than what we might want or first expect. We yield and consent to leave our houses on Sunday morning, or to come clean the church building on Saturday, or to try to read the Bible and love our enemies and speak God's love to others, we yield and consent. Jesus invites us to do all of these things before we fully understand why or how, or even before we really want to do them. Like John, we're free to say, I'm not worthy, or I can't, or shouldn't you be the one doing this? And Jesus gently pushes right past all of these reasonable responses. Let it be so now, Jesus says. Part of what's interesting to me about this is that we all know that John knew how to baptize. It was his name, after all. John the Baptist. People came from far and wide to be baptized by him. John could and John was willing to baptize all of them except Jesus. And there's a way I think this calls our attention to all the exceptions that we might make. This, but not that. These people, but not him or her or them. The lines that we might refuse to cross up to here, but no farther. That one door we might not open even when we've opened all of the others. I need to be baptized by you, but do you come to me? This sounds to me like the voice of shame. Shame allows us to do anything that does not challenge the core myth of our unworthiness, our unlovableness, our powerlessness. 
Shame is the one that tells us which exceptions to make, what lines not to cross, which doors not to open. And if we even begin to imagine disobeying shame, it says, who do you think you are? That's why it's so amazing that John yielded, consented. John yielded to Jesus instead of to shame. John dared to do what he knew he was unworthy of. John let his be the arms that held his Savior's body. Let his be the strength that pushed Jesus under the water and lifted Jesus back up again. Shame would not have allowed it. But Jesus made a way for John to go farther. John did go farther with Jesus. And even as Jesus was baptized, cleansed in that Jordan, it was the wound of John's own shame that was cleansed in the bottomless love of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. John saw what Jesus saw. Heavens opened to embrace him. John felt what Jesus felt. The Holy Spirit alighting on him. John heard what Jesus heard. This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am so well pleased. This is baptism, our baptism. The voice that says, you are beloved. The experience of feeling worthy. Seeing that we are powerful too. You are are worthy. You are powerful. You are beloved. And sooner or later, and probably again and again in our lives, Jesus invites us to yield to this deepest truth of faith. I am worthy. I am powerful. I am beloved. I wonder if you would say it with me. I am worthy. I am worthy. I am powerful. I am powerful. I am beloved. God is well pleased with me. He's well pleased with me. God is well pleased with me. God is well pleased with me. Let it be so now. Jesus says, let it be, let it happen. Don't fight it. Pitch in and help it grow. Trust me, Jesus says. I think it's part of the reality of sin that we cannot yield and consent to this on our own. We can't imagine what it would be like to shape our lives around that truth. And that's why Jesus does not leave us alone. Jesus came into this world so that we would yield to how beloved we are. Jesus will stick with us until we are ready. Nothing will scare Jesus away, not violence, 
not suffering, not death. Jesus has been down that road before. And just as before, Jesus will return forgiveness and peace and healing and life. This is the cross. And through the cross, Jesus has filled our lives with Jesus' own presence. But that's hard to trust without some particulars. So most especially, Jesus has filled with Jesus' own presence water, the word, bread and wine. Jesus has filled each other, this community gathered around Jesus. This is how Jesus hangs with us. Hangs with us gently, not breaking a bent reed or snuffing out a dim wick. And it's only because Jesus is with us that we can begin to yield to what shame and sin and death seems to make impossible. That we are worthy. That we are powerful. That we are beloved. That God is so well pleased with us. I remember yielding to this for myself my own belovedness. It was freezing. and I was walking home from a Bible study on the Gospel of Mark. Probably I've told you this story before. And I was suddenly overwhelmed with a sense of how beloved I was. And this experience was not something I did consciously, as if I said, yes, I will believe this now. Instead, it just happened. It flowed through me like electricity. And the choice, the action, the effort, is what came later. The real hard yielding came as the truth of that moment seemed to fade in the face of the facts of life. And I had a choice to make. Will I act as though this is still true? I don't believe it right now, but will I act as though it's true? So how will I treat myself? How will I treat others? Will I say yes to whatever grows love and holy power and worthiness? Will I say no to whatever diminishes these? Will I stay engaged in the kind of relationships and the kind of disciplines of life and spirit that will sustain me when the going gets tough? Will I let those change as life changes? Will I give myself a break when I fall short of my ideals. This year, 2014, I've decided to yield to joy. This is not something that comes naturally to me, so you can call it a New Year's resolution if you'd like. I struggle with perfectionism, which Anne Lamott calls the voice of the oppressor. This is the place where God keeps meeting me and recreating me and inviting me to yield. Saying no to whatever leads me to being humorless, brooding, distant, calculating, harsh, mean towards myself. And saying yes to whatever helps me be spontaneous, aware of fear and danger but not driven to escape it at peace 
whatever lets me have a conversation with that oppressor instead of fighting with it or instead of meekly obeying. Whatever helps me have a little fun. That's me. Probably it's going to be different for you. And that's okay. Because you are worthy. You are powerful. You are beloved. God is well pleased with you. Let it be so now. Thanks be to God.